Welcome back to part two of our pilot, the first and only time we're doing this this season, the two-part segment for the very, very first uh, show that we're doing for you guys. So, Chase, tell me a little bit about this one. A pilot, too, man. I'm getting kind of used to our, our theme song there. It, it is a little yeah, bit that, that, Honestly, the upbeat is, is really oh, nice. Yeah, I wanted to kind of raise the roof. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Uh, part two, man, we're going to talk about one of the most... The most story, honestly. Yeah. Uh, franchises of all time, pretty much. That, uh, Captivated the world in the 80s, man. Yeah. Or even was the 70s, wasn't it? Yeah, it was released in the 70s. 70s. Uh, yeah. I mean, this was like a big thing for even like my family. I remember when they were re-released, like the originals, and my dad came home and I was sitting on the couch and he's like, get your, get your shoes, we're going to the theater, like now. <laughs> and then that's when we rewatched. A New Hope. Seriously, like, like our dads, they were teenagers when the like, first Star Wars came out. At the yeah. time, the special effects, it was unprecedented. But yeah. I remember like just hearing them talk about it like as... They, it was a second-hand experience for me, hearing from it. But they were so enthused and excited. Like They turn into kids again anytime a new Star Wars movie comes out. They want to see it, how it holds up in their mind with the nostalgia of the originals. So... We're going we're gonna to touch a little bit about all that today. Yeah, man. I mean, it's really become almost like a holiday event for, like, families. Like, uh, almost like that's, you know, like Christmas comes out. That's what you do. You grab your popcorn. You go see Star Wars. Or, you know, I even remember being a kid uh, in the second grade stoked for episode one to came, come out when I was in the third grade. And trust me, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, to admit, as a like a seven year old kid, when Darth Maul pulled out two sabers, that was like every boy's dream. Yeah, he's the single most badass looking villain in Star Wars. That was awesome, including till today. Realistically, oh yeah, like, easily for sure. But I don't want to get too hard ahead of ourselves there, because yeah. you know what, what we're going to really talk about very similarly to what we did in our first part of the, the podcast with. The Marvel Cinematic Universe ranking our top five and our bottom two. We're going to do that as well for the Star Wars. Now, I, I believe it was a little bit harder for Star Wars because there's less movies to choose from, right? So we really had to come up with, you know, we, we kind of left out, like, the side pieces of, of Star Wars. We didn't do, like, Rogue One or, um, you know, the Solo movie or the Attack of the Clones. We kind of left those since they weren't part of, like, the big core. We really stuck with the nine films. So we ranked one through five on those nine and we put our bottom two as well so uh, I, like I said in the very first podcast I said I think this is going to cause the most controversy because there's some people who really hate a lot of the Star Wars movies and there's some people who really love certain Star Wars movies they really yeah I, I think it will cause the most controversy which leave your comments below um, because even if you think about it like the way the timeline has kind of progressed um, even with, there's so many books that are out too that take place in between timelines. I just don't, I don't like the idea of the books. Solely for the fact that the movie was created first by, right. you know, this guy's own genius. He didn't write a book and then they make a movie off of it. Mm -hmm. It was all put onto the motion picture first. So it's like the books are irrelevant in a way because you don't know, it's not from the mind who created. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't want to go as so far to be like, they're completely irrelevant. Uh, I'll stick up for you book lovers. I'm one of them. Um, I guess it's like, man, it's like their take on trying to bridge the gap, which I won't say they're completely irrelevant, because if we look into the current films of bridging the gap, that's a whole other well, story. Well, here's the thing. It, it, it's, for me... I, I think books are, are, are better than movies 9.9 .9 times out of 10, and this Star Wars happens to be that one where it doesn't make sense to have, like, the books, like, it, it's just some individual who didn't really have a big part in making the original franchise their opinion on it, right? So we don't know what, the, where the original was trying to go outside of the movies that were created, so the books are more opinion where, you know, books, when books are created first... The movies are based off of right. those books, and mm -hmm. it's all factual because it came from you know the original idea. And that's something I'll say. I have nothing against like, books. I, I'm nine nine point nine times out of ten, mm -hmm. I'm four books before movies. It's just in this situation, I don't think the books are very relevant. 
Yeah, I get that. Uh, that's kind of the way I feel about, like, the crimes against Grindelwald and, like, Fantastic Beasts and stuff. Right. Like, I feel like the original, you know, I'd say eight Harry Potters, because you had part one, part two, with Deathly Hallows. Uh, those were, like, the originals, because the books were before. Now I get it, they're trying to add more to it, and even J.K. Rowling's jumped on stuff. But even, like, the Cursed Child, like... Written as a play, just kind of thrown in there. Was that really the original intent? You know, you know what I would like to see. This is a topic for a different day. I would love to see maybe a a, a four book cycle on the Marauders, like when they were growing up. Yeah, that'd like be really James cool. Serious Peter. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool to see. But I'm kind of, I'm kind of like yeah. you know, going off topic right now, especially yeah. when we've got a lot to dive into today with Star Wars. So you know, I I really want to I want to encourage everyone on this one specifically to. Really debate with us. Tell us what you think we're getting wrong on our list. We haven't seen each other's list. We're going to hear each other's list for the very first time here live with you. So I, I'm curious to see what he thinks. Uh, I want you guys to know what I think. And I'm really curious to think, see what you guys think as well. So uh, should we just jump right on in and start talking a little bit about what we think was great and, and not so great about the Star Wars movies? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Uh, you Actually, what's funny, I don't want to jump off topic either here, but yeah, I mean, any thoughts you guys have definitely convey, because uh, even like it made me think of like the Harry Potter thing. I remember when a fan-made trailer was made for the storyline of how the houses uh, were established with like Rowena, Ravenclaw, and Salazar Slytherin. That would have been awesome. So going back to as far as even saying like Star Wars books that weren't originally written by George Lucas or even you know the Clone Wars and that sort of thing. Definitely give your opinion on there because um, we definitely want to hear that because um, I know that we're still doing our own research on some of the side stories and that sort of thing. Um, so we'd love to hear y'all's opinion on how they really give it their own and take into influence influencing the current uh, trilogy that's out and the current franchise as we know it. I want to hear your opinion, but I'm just going to tell you why you're wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wrong all the time, so don't worry. But, <laughs> I'm just kidding. So yeah. let's go ahead and really jump into our, our movies of where we're, we're at right now. So like I said, we really did... The, the big nine, right? We like give each one of uh, the different ages. So, Chase, I, I want you to start off first. Tell me a little bit about your your movie that you placed in the five spot above all others and why it's there. So this one's really going to start a debate. <laughs> yeah, it's going to start a lot of... I can see the comments coming in right now. Like, just... I can... Yeah, I know there's going to be comments on this. I actually ranked Attack of the Clones as top five. <laughs> I did, and I don't think it gets enough credit. I'll sit here and say it. I don't think it gets enough credit. Who let credit. this guy on air? Don't think it gets enough credit. Now, y'all can say whatever you want. I do get it. Natalie Portman, it's not her best performance at all, and you had the lovey-dovey with Anakin Skywalker trying to say he's so in love with Natalie Portman. I'm not saying I love this movie for the emotion at all, um, but just little scenes, like, you cannot say the gladiator scene wasn't, wasn't pretty badass. That was a badass scene. Good scenes don't make great movies. In the Coliseum, it was absolutely amazing. And then you had Mace Windu in the last minute come in there and save all of them. And not to mention... At the very end, right, you had one of the most badass fight scenes ever. Not only did Anakin go try... One of the best, I can think of four better fight scenes than that. I'm not saying there are not better ones, which we'll get into those, of course. But, I mean, first of all, it's the only one where I can account where Anakin picked up two sabers and went out at Count Dooku. And then when he was completely out because he wanted to do his own thing, Anakin was the first Kylo Ren, first of all. He was the first one to really go against the whole trade. That's why I'm a Sith Lord. He makes decisions for his own self, man. Uh, and he ran after Count Dooku. Of course, you know, it was very iconic to, of course, the originals because he got his arm cut off, which then made you think back to the originals. Uh, he went at him with two sabers, man. And then just when you thought it hit its climax, you had our favorite of all, 
Lily Yoda. Yoda came out with the lightsaber, the only movie where he actually had a lightsaber in. So y'all can hate on this movie all you want, but there's no other movie where Yoda fought with a lightsaber and used the Force, and it was against Count Dooku. And I think that's exactly why it, it's bad, because <laughs> like, Count Dooku was a secondary villain. It wasn't worth Yoda's time. Like, like I think we could have seen Yoda in a, a better fight with a different, you know... Sith. I, I think Count Dooku was was very boring, and you know I I don't know I I just because I'm pretty sure Count Dooku is the guy who played Saruman and um, that yeah that's, that's true new, yeah so I mean he, he he plays an okay villain. I'm not saying he did, was a bad acting job. I just think that overall Count Dooku as a villain isn't 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 inspiring in any way, shape, or form. So I think I think we were kind of robbed of you know a really cool you know maybe like. A better fight between Yoda and you know Palpatine, or maybe Yoda versus you know I think I think the Darth Maul fight was was good how it was, but there's just maybe even against General Grievous since he has got so many arms. Like I just think Count Dooku was too easily killable, and he wasn't big enough for Yoda, like the master of all Jedi, to really kind of step up. Either way, like I just I I couldn't disagree more. I think Attack of the Clones is you know you will hear later where my worst ones are, but. I think it's trending more in that direction than in my top. <laughs> uh, for me, I, I, I still think people are going to not not really agree with where I'm at on this with my number five. My number five Star Wars movie is Phantom Menace. I loved Phantom Menace for a couple of reasons. Number one, it introduced us to, hands down, the coolest villain in the Star Wars universe, and maybe one of the coolest villains really that we've ever seen on screen. Like, well, it's like, like if you were to imagine the devil like, incarnate form. What better villain kind of represents what he looks like? Horns on his head. A double lightsaber. Like, a guy with no conscience, he's just an assassin. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't say barely any words. He, he, he follows command. He's literally, like, an attack dog from Palpatine. You know, so I, I love Phantom Menace for a couple of things. I mean, obviously, he introduced us to little baby Anakin and and you know, watching him fix and fly the fighter jets like in that race yeah, was super cool. cool. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that doesn't get enough credit. People want to really hate on the first, uh, you know, the one, two, and three. Um, but I think Phantom Menace really introduced us to a lot of things. And and I, when do you see Liam Neeson die? You know what I mean? Like you know, yeah. so quite, quite yeah. Jin, like, that was, yeah, pretty, that was cool. pretty cool. And the fact that they didn't do anything to bring him back, even though uh, in one of the Star Wars movies that you're going to see your old master again, uh, Yoda was talking about we won that never came to fruition the way we thought it would. But the fact that he was gone and stayed gone was was really important because that's when Obi-Wan had to take that next step in his own training, right. in his yeah. own life. He didn't have anyone to leave, fall back on, didn't have a master. Uh, you know, he was the apprentice and he had to do what he had to do. And, and I don't, I can't think of a better two-on-one fight scene that, you know, not in, not in Star Wars anyways. Like, I don't, you know, you want to talk about Obi-Wan and, and Anakin against Dooku, but like, <laughs> I don't think that was halfway yeah, cool. Yeah, man. Like, he's, he's a beast. Just, and like, it, it was, it was the suspense that up to it, too. Like, every couple minutes, they would get blocked by the, like, the elevator shaft thing, so, like, they're looking right, at each other. Yeah, things. Cool. So, like, you got a little bit of, like, some action, and then it stopped, and you're like, dude, what's going to happen next? They kept building it up. Then finally when he got to the open arena and, and just had to go, and then the fact that Darth Maul got cut in half, but that's not the last that you see of him. Yeah, right. I, I think that's, that, that was amazing. Like He was an assassin Sith with no conscience, with no motive of his own, and that's what made him so dangerous. And I think that's why I, I put Phantom Menace in as my top five. Yeah, top I mean, five. I have to agree with that, actually. It was right there with my... Uh, I was debating whether that one or Attack of the Clones. <laughs> I decided to rank it six. But what's cool about that movie, they actually were filming that movie, and they didn't even plan to put Darth Maul in it. And then the actor for Darth Maul was just doing all these lightsaber stunts. And he was originally going to be just like a lightsaber stunt guy. And they liked what they, he was doing with it. And they decided to make him as this villain, because originally it was just going to be that big war with the whole you know, Jar Jar Binks thing, and then you got all the stuff with, um, you know, the fighter pilots. So, but uh, I will say this about Attack of the Clones real quick. Y'all can say whatever you want, but if it wasn't for Attack of the Clones, you probably wouldn't have the Mandalorian. 
just throwing that out there. <laughs> <laughs> now, one thing I'll say too, and to your point, if, if they did stick with not putting Darth Maul in that film, Phantom Menace would be one of the worst films. Yeah, I mean, I think people rag on the Phantom Menace a lot because of Jar Jar Binks and he was thrown in there for comedic effect. Right. But at the time... There's a lot of fan theories about him going on that he was actually like an evil mastermind. That would have been cool to see that. Yeah, that would have been cool. Which he was in Attack of the Clones (laughs) for like a a minute there. Maybe that's why it was better. They shortened down his time to like 60 seconds. I I mean, I can't... Stop putting a tag clones anywhere near the top five. But I, I, I know that people aren't going to like the fact that Phantom Menace is my number five, but I just don't see other another, other four movies that are better than it. I really don't. So uh, that, let's hit number four. I'll, I'll take my number four first. Cool. Um, a New Hope. A New Hope is my, is my fourth one because, number one, that was the first Star Wars movie ever. Ever created. So this one started off the franchise... Very similar to how I put Iron Man in my top five because that's where everything got based off of. A New Hope was amazing because, you know, you, there was things that you didn't know what were going on. Like, George Lucas is a genius. He thought backwards. And the fact that, like, Ben Kenobi is Obi-Wan, like, he's, like, his own little hermit, like, he's training uh, Luke. That's where everything kind of starts out. And that battle scene between, you know... <laughs> old man Ben Kenobi and, and old man Vader, that was pretty cool. And the fact that he sacrificed himself because he knew that, that Luke had things left to learn, he could have easily, not, I wouldn't say won that fight, but he could have definitely stayed alive. But he chose, you know what, hey, this is my time to go. And I think that was very iconic, um, letting like Vader take him out in that way. Right. So that way it really kind of galvanized him into action. They had no one to fall back on. Now that now Luke is like almost in the similarly how Qui-Gon like died and, and, and Obi-Wan had to really uh, become himself, that's exactly the same thing that they did, mm-hmm. but in the sevens first. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. the fact that Luke had to come into his own now, he didn't have like his, his master to fall back on, thought that was really, really iconic. Like I said, it was the, it was the very first movie, and it sparked the, the entire saga and really made people fall in love with the franchise. Yeah. yeah. It's not in my top five, but um, if, it, if this was, like, greatest of all time, Star Wars, like, how they would rank as far as, like, how I think they deserve to be ranked, I would easily put it in there. But it's not. It's my five favorite. <laughs> so well, it's I'm, five that you think are best and why. So exactly. You know, if, if you have other reasons why you think other ones are better, I can see that. But if you would say that they're, you know, if you're going to put it together all the time, I mean, I'm logically, if you're going to put it in there, it's got to be in your top five then. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess, well, no, it's still not. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, for five, I actually, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I loved A New Hope. I thought it was great for what it set up to be. Um, I guess I just felt like... You know, it really was that first time you do get this sense of nostalgia, that first Star Wars nostalgia feeling when Vader goes up against uh, Ben Kenobi, and I still remember when I was a kid, you had that big robot-looking thing coming in with the needles, and you're, like, freaking out, like, wondering what this is, like, it's some sort of, like, you know, James Bond Skyfall <laughs> kind of deal. Um, but I just felt like maybe... I just felt like as I guess I watched them progress, it wasn't as enough action to me, which is very, um, that's a very, I don't want to say childish way to look at it, just as, I just felt like I connected more with the other ones because I didn't know enough about it. So what's your number four? Uh, Number four, I actually put The Force Awakens. Force Awakens? Okay. That was number four. Uh, I, I would rank this as number four because despite my feeling for how the new trilogy has been, I think J.J. Abrams did an amazing job with The Force Awakens uh, because of how what he set it up, what it had potential to be. Um, as far as the potential they could have even gone with Finn. That's how he took up the lightsaber, uh, fighting back with Rey and where that was potentially going to go. And I got to say, like, at first when I saw Kylo, 
honestly, I completely could not stand him. I hated him. Yeah, I don't like his. I hated him at all. Um, I actually at first thought Kylo was going to be almost like this samurai type warrior because I was so stoked about the cross lightsaber. Yeah. And now you're kind of like, well, what was kind of the point of that? I guess it was just something boring. Yeah. But I will say he grew on me. Actually, he's one of my favorites now just because you kind of had that sense of, he reminded me of like when I was a kid. Like, you know, when almost like your dad, <laughs> my dad's probably going to laugh if he ever listens to this. Uh, you know, it's funny. You learn your dad really does know something. And I remember <laughs> when I was like in karate when I was a kid, like um, just learning different karate moves, and I thought it was so cool. Like I would um, think, of course, like you know, when you're like like ten, twelve years old, right? Like, oh, you really are like this powerful. When really, it's like your dad letting you win, kind of thing, or like someone you're going up against. Yeah. And so I kind of felt like, you know, you had all the power in the world and you were getting it from this anger you could, like, unleash, which was why this character did grow on me, because I still remember the scene where he was, like, chopping up the com- the keyboard at the computer, and he would, like, smash the mask and stuff, which wasn't until the next one. But it, um, I did like the way he kind of grew on me, and... I did like how I was starting to set things up. Now, I I can't say I like where that trilogy headed off to, but even going down to the last fight scene, like, I loved how it was in the snow, and it was visually stunning, um, and then you were left there wondering, you know, even all the way to the very end, where she found Luke, and... It brought back all those classic characters, or even Harrison Ford, Ford, where they got him to agree to do it originally, but he had to be killed off. Yeah. Um, right? And it had all that, still that old feeling of nostalgia, but then brought it into the new generation. So that's why I ranked it number four. Okay. Um, I, to, you know, just to comment on that, I'm not going to comment much, uh, just because Force Awakens happens to be on my list as well. Um, coming up here now. There's a couple. There's two things with Force Awakens I didn't love, but outside of those, it was as as good as you could have gotten for a Star Wars like brand new, uh, you know, age basically, right. right? So two things I didn't like, and I, honestly, I don't know if you saw this Mark Hamill interview. And I thought it was super cool. Mm-hmm. He he said if he was the director and then the, like the mind behind the Force Awakens. You know when Kylo kills uh, Han Solo, right? Right. So he would have liked, and I completely agree with this, I think this really would have been like a heart squeeze for the original fans of the original series. He said he would have loved to have Rey find him before uh, um, Han Solo was killed by Kylo. Have them both come in above and look down and have... Uh, Harrison Ford as Han Solo, like Lock Eyes and Mark Hamill as Luke one last time, right? Oh, as he, guys, like, so like, he couldn't do anything to save him, but the fact that like they are able to see each other one last time mm-hmm. would have been uh, would have been super epic, and they could have absolutely had that happen without oh, ruining the story. Like just to have the last scene being her, like her finding Luke, like that's very predictable, right? And I think that would have like that been something that would have been very very cool to see, you know. One last time for nostalgia purposes, and two of the original uh, actors, you know, Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford, locking eyes one last time as you know Luke sees Han Solo get killed. Yeah. I mean, even everything they set it up for, like you had all the questions about Ray's parents and yeah. who were they, um, and just everything I thought was genius about it. With you know, found the blue lightsaber, like everyone even. Thanks, because they immediately start thinking about the old films, like the green lightsaber that Luke had in Return of the Jedi. Well, instead, she found the blue one, which is more like Ben Kenobi's. Yep. So it, um, I, I just really like everything. J.J. Abrams has always been a fan. I've always been a fan of his. Um, this one's Lost. Did you, did you watch Lost? Lost. You know, I never saw Lost. Very good. But I watched something that he did that no one else did that I loved. I was a Fringe fan. So if you look up Fringe, 
That's pretty cool. But now, I wanted to say one more thing I, I didn't love about Force Awakens. The fact that Kylo Ren has been trained by Siths in the like, art of combat like for his entire life. Ray picks up a lightsaber for all of ten seconds and like happens to fight him to a to a stall. Yeah, that that's just not realistic. Right, like she had no formal training. She was basically a survivor on her own planet. Mm-hmm. Like she had no formal training with any sort of weapon at all, let alone a lightsaber that she turned on for the very first time and she fought him to a stall. Right, I don't think that's very realistic, and that's why I can't put it higher on my list. Outside of that, it absolutely belongs on the top five, though. Yeah. So what would you go with for your number three? <laughs> number three, I I'm, I'm, know the listeners and the viewers are going <laughs> to give me a chewing on this, too. Ah, chewy. Fun. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that battle of heroes, man. I got to go with Revenge of the Sith. My boy Anakin against Obi-Wan. I know it's, it's the classic line. You are the chosen one. Should have brought balance to the force, not leave it in darkness. Yeah. It was uh, absolutely everything I wanted to see. I still remember I saw that movie at the Regal with my grandfather when I was in eighth grade. I think is when that came out, and I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. I mean, of course, there were things I didn't like about it. I felt at that point in the. Star Wars universe, they started almost going more digital, like digitizing with things. So they started moving more towards that aspect, and you kept seeing more, you know, the screen swipe. I was like, if I see another screen swipe, I might blind myself. (laughs) But, um, I don't care. Like, the movie could have been complete trash in the last 30 minutes. If it was still that lightsaber fight scene where then you had Padme run in as Natalie Portman... And you just saw all the emotions. Um, I felt like no other battle scene has ever been able to beat it. Um, You almost had a feeling of like a a sense of sadness for Anakin, and how dark it was, even going into the halflings. Like you really got that. Like like he's he's down there. This has got some Sons of Anarchy. S-H-I-T going on to it. <laughs> like, it's, uh... So, I, I mean, I really felt that sense of darkness that he had, but honestly, I gotta be real. That that final battle scene was absolutely amazing. Oh, it's epic, and, you know, it's funny, because we said we, we weren't really gonna... We probably weren't gonna agree on a lot of things here. You and I had the same... Uh, it's just flipped. For me, uh, my three was Force Awakens for a lot of the same reasons you put out there. It was a good bridge between nostalgic and, you know, doing something new. Uh, So Force Awakens was my number three. I really, really enjoyed them bringing back only a certain number of the original cast at that point in time. You know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't wasn't like a a cash grab just by dropping old names and faces. So, like, oh, let's make the parents happy. Like, everyone had a part to play, and, and it worked out well. Um... You know, and, and I mean, not for nothing, it, it, the box office speaks for itself. It's number four all time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I know, it's, and I think that's because, you know, that long layoff between uh, the Revenge of the Sith and Force Awakens, mm-hmm. you know, we were all waiting for something, and it didn't disappoint. So, Force Awakens was my number three, and then my number two, I, I know, my number two, my second favorite Star Wars movie of all time was Revenge of the Sith, man. Like, I know that that's going to cause a lot of people to, like, squeeze their buttholes, but I, I, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, it's hard for me because it's, it's not just how you think the movie went plot-wise or where you think it should have gone. This set up a lot of why things were the way they were in the original three. Like, we got to see the point in time where Anakin, like, snapped. Mm-hmm. Very similar to, like... Daenerys. That's what I was like. Very, very too. similar to Daenerys. Yeah. Daenerys, like just like the the sequence of imperfect events that oh, led yeah. to like, boom, you know, like him killing the children. Like, oh man, that was that was really really sad. They 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 thought he was there for something good, and he he killed children, man. Like you don't really see that in a lot of any film. I thought that was very edgy. The fact that the butcher, like obviously we didn't see it happen on screen. But the fact that you're left with the knowledge that this man who was supposed to be the chosen one and saved me down to the force, 
went so low, not only going to the dark side, but to decimate a, a future um, generation of Jedi was really, really sad. And, you know, the, the, and it kind of speaks to almost in the love story, too, that Padme and Anakin had with each other. Like, she wanted to ha- him to get help. She didn't want him to die. Right. She didn't think because of all that happened, like, okay, you got you got to kill him. Like, she wanted it that he was too far gone. And then, of course, like, the whole Mace Windu. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Um, when that happened, like, that was when, <laughs> that's when he had to make the choice. That's when Anakin had to make the choice. You know what I mean? So that was awesome to see that. And, um, well, I also believe, too, for the, the final battle scene, yeah, I don't think, even with Empire, when they, Darth Vader and, and Luke really had their, their, their go at each other with the sabers, there was no better single one-on-one, mano-a-mano, like, fight than Anakin and Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan shouldn't have won that, like, like just statistically speaking, the Medichlorian count in Anakin was infinite, right. he was trained by Obi-Wan, yeah. he knows Obi-Wan stuff, he's more powerful in the Force than Obi-Wan, but Obi-Wan was smarter and didn't that wasn't overcome with emotion. Like, he, in, you know, at the end of the day, good always defeats evil, right? Love always defeats right. hate. And it kind of spoke to that. And it kind of showed the full hardiness of anger and madness when he went for it when he knew he had the low ground. Right. He did it anyway. Exactly. And that, so, like, like when, you don't, then when you do something wrong or, or bad out of hate, you think back on it when you're in a clear state of mind, like, well, that mm-hmm. was stupid. Like, I shouldn't have done that. This could have been handled better. Well, Anakin made that mistake and lost his like right. three quarters yeah. of his fucking freaking body. So <laughs> uh, I think that was that was really big and why for me it resonated so much. Uh, and and it kind of happened at that perfect time where um, like the graphics and everything really did improve a lot drastically from Phantom Menace to Attack of the Clones to Revenge of the Sith. So that's why it hits number two for me. Awesome. Can I say a comment on that? Yeah. By the way, that. Uh... You know, what? just feeding back off what you said, I mean, that kind of almost ties into, like, why Force Awakens started getting great with, I mean, I know you weren't a big Kylo fan, but just the fact of, it goes back to the whole point of, like, when you're a kid and you feel like you can take on your dad. Like, you know, when, like, dad's like, oh, that's it, like, you're grounded. Like, when you come home and you're like, I'm not grounded, dad. Yeah. I'm making this happen. <laughs> and you're like... You think you're so big and bad when you're five years old because your dad lets you win all the time. Yeah. And then it's like that was Anakin's flaw. Almost like that was Kylo's flaw. Like he thought he was so big and bad, and that's why they showed him, like, growing. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, there's no better battle scene. And i got to give credit where credit is due. Ewan McGregor, man, it, he killed that role as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, people can say... Say whatever you want. The guy really didn't have a whole lot to base it off of. I mean, yeah, old man Ben and the old ones. I mean, he made that role his own. And another book you guys should probably read. It's like probably one of the only. I haven't read that many Star Wars books, but I read it when I was a kid. It's called The Approaching Storm. It takes place in between Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith, and it really goes into that whole detail right after Attack of the Clones. And when Anakin starts breaking away from really respecting that mentorship with Obi-Wan Kenobi and kind of starts taking over more of the dark side. Um, but yeah, that, I agree with what you said. I think that too is like in the very foreshadowing when he tells them what to do when they're flying around, he just doesn't listen. Right. He does his own thing. You know what I mean? Like you start, that's a foreshadow of like, <clears throat> like the, the, the relationship's changing. Right. Which I remember, PS2, man. Uh, Attack of the, did they have Attack of the Clones, or was it Battlefield? It wasn't Battlefield. I don't remember. I know what you're talking I think about. They had but Attack when, of the Clones. when you got to play as both, like you could play yeah. with a, your partner, and like, yeah, so yeah, that was cool. I mean, you fought Reba, yeah, right? Was no, that there was a, a PlayStation Two game. I'll have to look it up. Uh, comment on the video if if you know it, please. Yeah, because yeah, I remember, I remember a PlayStation Two wanna, video game where you did was, get to fight Reba. Yeah, and it wasn't Star Wars One. Battlefront 1, and it wasn't Battlefront 2, and it, I played that one you're talking about. You're talking about Star Wars Episode 3, PlayStation 2, because I, I dominated that one with Anakin, where you could have the two different storylines at the end, but it was Attack of the Clones 2, I think it came out, so I was in 6th grade, so 
I don't know exactly what year it was, but look that up. I'll try to look it up and find out from the next episode. For sure. Tell me your number two, my man. Number two uh, is actually Return of the Jedi. Put it at number two. Um, here's why. So, I mean, yeah, it does have that sense of sentimentality, sentimental sense for me, because when I was a kid, like, it's the one I always wanted to watch with my uh, uncle and my dad and grandparents, because, of course, Yoda's in it. Like, Yoda, you know, 995 years old, really gets the mentor, Luke. Um, but I think it's uh, almost like kind of the Anakin thing, but on the other side, like, the good side of things. Like, it's finally when you find Luke's found himself at that point. And I love the opening scene where, you know, Leia goes after Han. Like, that scene is amazing. And then they found the way to bring Luke into it, where then he winds up saving him from Jabba before falling into the pit. Um, and at that point was really when you saw Luke at his peak. Like, you really saw, like, what he could do as a Jedi after being trained all these years, you know? Um, and, you know, of course you have the classic fight with Vader, so, like, when I was a kid, I was always, like, thinking, you know, like, I can't wait to watch that final fight scene, because you saw the sci-fi, and, of course, in the 90s, like, that was, like, the big thing when I was a child, even though this movie came out in the 80s. Um, and then I did love the Ewoks, I gotta say. I still remember Ichawama was, like, my favorite quote from them. So, just all those little things uh, tied into it. And it really was the first time you ever felt, like, peace at the end of a Star Wars series. So, uh, just for all those reasons, I had to rank it number two. Return of the Jedi was your number two. That's not, that didn't even make my top five. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's right there with Attack of Clones. <laughs> <laughs> now, talk about your number one. My number one is what most people's number one right, yeah, is, is Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, even the opening scene where he is, you know, has to cut his way inside the, what's the, whatever that thing is, almost like a camel that he's walking on. You Star Wars fans, remind me of what that is too, just post it on the bottom. You know, he cut open that thing, and then he was, like, had to fight that big Yeti type thing yeah. as well, which was amazing. Um, of course, you have the classic, I mean, iconic moments, I am your father. Uh, that's the biggest cinematic his, moment in history. In history. <laughs> got his arm cut off. Still to this day, I have no idea how I fell down that entire hole, and then somehow they were able to retrieve that lightsaber. Please explain. Um, that goes into the problems with this trilogy I have today. Um, but, I mean, they just had all those classic moments for me. I mean, even taking down the AT and T-Walker, where, you know, they wrapped it around the legs and it fell over. Like, that was a big classic scene. I remember watching the rerun, remakes, re-releases in theaters when I was a kid in the 90s, uh, getting ready for... Of course, the episode one to come out when I was in third grade, and it was just one of those... I mean, that's the thing about Star Wars, man. Like, it's almost like one of those nostalgic feelings. Like, I have a buddy that said, you know, it's supposed to be meant for these, you know, a popcorn grab or something to see with family. And I can totally see that. And the thing is, like, with it becoming such a universe, though, then we start to really dig deep and criticize it. So maybe it's developed into something it wasn't originally intended to be because they didn't think it really was going to be as successful. But I would say just for those classic nostalgic moments, I would have to rate Empire as my number one. I think that's pretty much consensus. Like, Infinity Wars being number one for Marvel, everyone really thinks that Empire Strikes Back is number one. Really, and the reason for me is it was a perfect continuation. It was everything you wanted it to be, after watching A New Hope. Like, you know, A New Hope really set up for, like, okay, this is a really cool new concept. Where are they going to go with it? And then when you got out of it, like, you know, when you watched, like, Empire Strikes Back the first time, you're like, that's exactly what I want right. to see. Yeah. Like, it's like, like, everything that I just saw is exactly what I want. You get introduced to a lot of um, really important characters. I think that, like, the, the relationship changing dynamic between Leia and, and Luke there is really, really important um, to the storyline. Also, 
Um, we get that, like I said, the most iconic line in cinematic history, like, Luke, I'm your father. Like, you really can't beat that. And it's, it's, it was a perfect... New Hope was a great, like, almost we talk about sports, like, volleyball was a set, Empire Strikes Back was a spike. Yeah. Like, that was an eight. Like, that was an absolute <clears throat> win-win, and that's why I have to have both in my top five, because if, if Empire Strikes Back on a standalone, it wouldn't make sense. So New Hope really kind of led into that, and that's why I had that so far. Like, on my top five, it's low on it, but Empire was everything you could want a movie to be based on, like, an idea that you were introduced to. Okay. That's like... How can I put that? That's like the 2007 Patriots. Like an idea on yeah. paper, Tom Brady and Randy Moss sounds awesome, but like let's see an action, and we saw an action, like wow, that's exactly what it could be when everything clicks, and that's what Empire Strikes Back really kind of resonated with me. And uh, uh, just piggybacking off of that, I watched an interview actually with Mark Hamill, and when they first, because they wanted to really see emotion from these actors, when they first told them this movie in the script they actually originally believed it was a lie so he was actually screaming as if he thought it was a lie and he was just saying a bunch of bull the yeah. entire time um but no return of the jedi man i mean that that's the one that like wrapped the whole thing up you had fireworks in it literally <laughs> right <laughs> the thing is it's like kind of to my point earlier about the last movies are not always the best, and it's not it's not that anything was wrong with it. They wrapped it up just fine. That's great. But I, I mean, I honestly, that would probably be Return of the Jedi would be my number six. It's right it's right on the bubble for me. But as to like after after Empire, there was nothing that could really top that. So there's nothing that really surprised me in Return at all. Gotcha. It was just it was just okay. Like we did a good job. Like they didn't. They didn't. They didn't mess it up, mm-hmm. right? For me, like the Return of Jedi was was great in the aspect of they didn't mess up how great Empire was. Yeah. And outside of that, as a standalone movie, I doesn't like nothing was very very memorable for me. Yes, he got you know trainings like teachings from Yoda, but like at that point in time, like Luke's at his peak of who he is. But then like nothing like we never saw anything from that. You know what I mean? Going forward, and so I think it was good for what it was, and. That's why it's probably on my, my bubble, like, you know, from, you know, Phantom Menace and, and that kind of going in. But just because there was never any, like, wow moments, no wow factor, and it didn't really introduce us to anything new right. or no, like, crazy concepts that we weren't already aware of, I couldn't put it in my top five. Yeah, what's funny is I know people are going to comment on this video and be like, oh, you remember this moment, though. Like, this moment's in there. Well, that's why you're commenting on the video. Right. You want to be all different ideas. Remind us of that. Maybe we'll change our opinion, but I doubt it. But yeah, no, I, I can respect that. I mean, and we'll dive into this more next week. That's why I felt so criticizing of the most recent film. So if y'all haven't seen the most recent film, try to go see it this week because we're really going to dive into that with yeah. spoilers. And the reason why we're not doing it today and we're not adding it to any of our lists is just because it, it's been released less than a month and we know with the holidays and people traveling, it's it's likely that a lot of you haven't seen it yet. So we wanted to give everyone a fair shot before we you know, just throw out spoilers and things of that nature. So um, now, now that being said, let's talk about you know our, our bottom two, like what we... Uh, what ones we did not like at all. So, talk to me about your second to least favorite. Um, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna go ahead and start to talk about my number one in a minute. Uh, so I'll let you go first because uh, this is like you know not giving away any spoilers. But I have to say honestly, I mean I wasn't even gonna add it to the list, but I couldn't. So I saw the movie on midnight premiere two weeks ago, and I thought maybe I was just sleeping and missing things. I went and saw it again yesterday, and it got worse from the first time I saw it. I was so... I'm sorry. I'm going to leave it at this, and we'll dive really into it next week. I felt like it didn't connect details. There were major plot holes. I felt like it was two different complete styles at the very end of this one because J.J. Abrams tried to save it so much as from my other... 
film I'm going to talk about in a minute here. Uh, I, it just didn't work. It didn't work for me at all. Actually, I ranked it a B minus when I saw it at midnight. I dropped it down to a C minus when I saw it again awake at 4.30 on a Saturday afternoon. It was... It just didn't work. The characters... I didn't feel any emotional connection. It was basically, why are they here and why? And I encourage you when you watch it, don't go into it with a critic's opinion, or maybe do, because I went into it with a critic's opinion the first time and I had a better grading of it. I went into it not expecting anything and expecting awfulness, and I graded it awful. So I, I'm, I'm sorry. And what's so surprising to me is a lot of people that hated the one before it, thought it was so great because of the one before it. I thought it was just as bad as the one before it because it left so massive plot holes it didn't make no sense. So it, we'll get into that next week, but you go ahead and tell me uh, what your two are. Alright, well, my second to least favorite was Attack of the Clones. I It was very sad. It was very <laughs> sad, but I, I think, like, just... Here, here's the one silver lining I give it is because now that Clone Wars is out, it makes a little bit more sense to where, like, it kind of was just, I mean, it was just kind of thrown in there. It didn't make any, like, sense to me, <laughs> like, where this war started, and then when you pick up with Revenge of the Sith, like, what happened? <laughs> like, like, it was just, I just thought it was a, you know, like I said, you kind of got introduced to um, Count Dooku, where I thought he was a very forgettable villain. I, I didn't think that there was anything special about him. He was kind of just like like a cast off to kind of distract you from the fact that Anakin's starting to turn to you know the, like I just I, you can start seeing he wasn't thinking clearly, but it, I didn't I didn't like it. I didn't think that there was much logical reasoning behind the Clone Wars and now like now that like I said we we're not talking about side um, like side films and side pieces, but Clone Wars make. Uh, Attack of the Clones make a little bit more sense. But, if we're just going based off of chronological movies, that was the biggest clusterfuck I've ever seen. <laughs> just kind of thrown in. You didn't like the rain scene, man? Remember when it's you not, went on that rain planet? That was it's cool. not just about certain <laughs> scenes. Like, yes, like, I think in any movie you can pick out scenes that you like, but overall plot and like reasoning for the movie has to be there. And for, Clone, and for Attack of the Clones, I didn't get that at all, and for that reason, it's my second to least favorite. I don't know, maybe it's because I like Twilight. <laughs> maybe that's like why. I but like the thing it. is, like, I'm, I'm interested because maybe some people would put the Tactical Clones you know, somewhere, not maybe not in the top five, but somewhere near. But for me, of all nine films, I, I it's it's my second to least favorite. Do you have? Was your like last thing your second to least favorite was talking about this? Coming one more My second to least favorite was the one that just happened. Okay, the one that just came out. Okay, so we won't we won't get into that any more than you did there. So talk to me about your absolute least favorite. Yeah. Well, going back to Tag of the Clones real quick, man. Everyone forgets that's the only movie where you've ever seen the crystals run out on a lightsaber. <laughs> Remember, he was in that old metal thing. Yeah. And then like, oh, and that's, remember the other game that came out that was really cool on the PlayStation? Bounty Hunter. Bounty Hunter. That was cool. Yeah, and when they were in that same area. Anyways, alright, and that would have never, you wouldn't have had a Mandalorian without uh, Attack of the Clones, man. <laughs> but but Mandalorian's like new, so we could have had this conversation like in October, and like Attack yeah. of the Clones still didn't mean anything. Like, like I feel like, like they're doing so much now with the Clone Wars that came out later and now the Mandalorian to make Attack of the Clones seem relevant. Right. Because really, that's like one of the only ones that didn't make sense. Like, it didn't make sense for the story they were trying to tell. You didn't like Yoda's keychain lightsaber, man? I love his keychain lightsaber. With the flip. Yeah, I literally, like, I love it. That was <laughs> yeah. a really cool fight scene. I just thought <laughs> the movie itself wasn't well thought out and it was just like, here you go, here's something that, like, Almost to the Michael Bay thing, like really cool visuals. <laughs> okay, yeah. Any sense. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother franchise. Like, All right. Um, but uh, yeah, tell me your least, absolutely least favorite. <laughs> it was trash. I'm sorry. It was complete garbage. It was all over the place. I don't know what the director was th thinking. He shouldn't be allowed to ever make another film again. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was absolutely awful. 
<laughs> it was absolutely awful. It's not worth even streaming. I bought it just so I could say I have it on the collection here. This is The Last Jedi. It was absolutely terrible. I hated every idea behind it of... Even when, you know, she shows up on the island, that's like the biggest thing in the in the first film. Like, that's the biggest secret. You can't, we couldn't wait for this movie to find out what Luke did. He saw her and like wasn't surprised at all. He actually grabbed his own lightsaber and just threw it in the ground. <laughs> like, what? And then he went to go milk like an animal or something. Like, remember when he was on the farm, he's like... Yeah, I've been working on milking this cow, or it wasn't a cow, but I don't know what it was. Some alien cow thing. I don't know. And then he, like, did the javelin thing, like, from, remember Aladdin, like, the original Aladdin, where he's like, I'm a quick learner, did the javelin. Like, he took the javelin to hop over the cliff, and that was, like, another bowl <laughs> thing minutes. The bowl ball, that's what it was. You can tell I didn't run track. <laughs> Definitely didn't do the pole vault. Um, it was completely ridiculous. There was no lightsaber scene. You can say whatever you want about Kylo Ren and Rey teaming up on this thing against the guys with no lightsaber. Yeah. It was completely ridiculous. I felt like J.J. <clears throat> Abrams set it up for Snoke to be the next big villain. And then Remy, or, or whatever his name is, decided that just wasn't the way he wanted to go. So, like, he literally just, like, grabs the saber through him and he comes in half. And you're like, what? It was like, you had this big build-up to Snoke that just never came to fruition. Like, like you had this thing, like, man, maybe this guy could be even worse than Palpatine. And then it's just like, <laughs> it's complete garbage. Because, I mean, now that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of taking over the floor in this aspect, I had the same exact movie as the worst Star Wars movie of all time. Yeah. I even like, remember from the trailer. Sorry, not to cut you off. No, you're fine. Uh, I remember when she takes, like, the sword and gets right next to the cliff. Well, right before the, when the trailer dropped, you're like, oh, man, they didn't show the rest of it. I bet she's going to cut that cliff in half. No, she stops right as the cliff stops. You're like, what is wrong with this? Like, like, the entire movie was horrible. I really think it was the director saying, like, dude, I, I like, fuck you, J.J. Abrams. Like, I don't like, like, it's basically, you know, a pissing contest between the two directors, I think. Like, J.J. really went in with, like, an intent to make a really great Star Wars yeah. film, and then the second director was just like, well, I'm undermining everything you just did. And then really, honestly, he kind of, like, really ruined it for what it could have been. Yeah, like he would have kind of played evil. off to you know Snoke being an evil mastermind genius yeah. that maybe even you know it would have been nice to see another main character killed off. Anything, yeah. like anything, could have happened, and I, like it just it didn't formulate into anything substantial. Even that final fight scene where like all of a sudden Kyle was like, "Let's kill everyone, both the Jedi and the First Order." Yeah, like, like we're like, like, we're like we'll start our own thing. It's like uh, yeah. what? Why? Because, like, you know, I don't understand. Like, I mean, I, I thought that one part was cool. Like, you know, like, he was, you know, force moving the lightsaber next to Snoke. Like, if Snoke had a better, like, bigger thing in there, like, a bigger role, maybe that would have been cool. Like, I thought that was clever of how the maneuver was pulled. But it didn't mean anything because Snoke was basically, like, a yeah. puppet. Like, he did, like, not a puppet, but, like, he was not there for a reason. We saw, like, like, like we got little teasers of him in... Force Awakens, and then the last Jedi came out. It's like, man, right. this guy's gonna be a badass. Like, like he's gonna show yeah. us like some real dark stuff of the Force, and then he's just like there talking about evil things, and then dies. <laughs> like, it was so ridiculous. I mean, I, I still remember like when the trailer was coming out for it too. Like when Snoke said, "You know, I saw in you raw power." Like those were quotes. You're like, wow. Like, like this, this movie's gonna be awesome, yeah. and it just come. Completely wasn't. And then, I mean, you'll even see in this movie, like, as far as, like, Luke, uh, the whole idea how he wasn't even there, I thought that was kind of ridiculous, even though he's literally talking to Leia. I, I can buy it. Like, I can go with it, right? But then, watch this movie this week. Watch this movie this week. If you're going even into that, it, now it really doesn't even make any sense. And you'll see why, because the pieces of this movie, which I won't give away. 
But it, and then, you know, he used all his force power and just, like, died on the island. But, like, you can't ever see him in actual action again. Yeah. Like, it... No, I, I, I think that... They made a mistake by saying two different directors were going to tackle different films. Yeah. Like, it had been different, like, <clears throat> if it was D&D, from Game of Thrones, so they worked together before, and right, they kind yeah. of play off each other because they had, like, similar views. But, like, they, well, they wanted to go in different directions... Completely. And it was completely evident on the film, and it kind of screwed over for fans because they couldn't get the ego out of their way. Yeah. Although yeah. I don't think, I, I really think it was more on the secondary directors than it was on J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams has a very, very long list of, like, very, like, well-acclaimed, like, right. TV shows and movies. Like. Which we'll go into this next week, but I think that was another problem with the last one that I had. So I think it probably could have been great, and he could have saved it. But a lot of people don't even know. So yes, J.J. Abrams was the director on this, but he had another project going on all the way into the last month of filming. And then he tried to save the entire thing. So, I mean, and going to it with an open mind, guys, I've met people that are like, you know, I hated The Last Jedi and loved this one. And I hope you do. And I think for people, if it's... Honestly, what I think is ones that have never seen a Star Wars before... They'll love it because they're just thinking of it as its own deal. Okay. Um, but we'll get into that next week. But yeah, Last Jedi, man, it just had so much potential. Even Kylo Ren saying, Your parents, they were trailer trash. They <laughs> sold you for drinking money. Yeah. Like, I thought that was like the whole secret. Like, we built that up for a year, man. Yep. So, but yeah. And uh, that's what I thought. Just before we end up here, just on a side note, what did you think of Solo? You know, Solo... Because they give it, you know, critics destroy it. I didn't hate it as much as the reviews kind of put it forward. For me, Solo, it was somewhere near the middle of the pack for me. For me, it was like a Captain Marvel. Like, for me, right. like, like, like yeah. I put Captain Marvel yeah. kind of in the middle, I, I kind of put Solo in the middle. What what did you think? You know, I actually didn't mind it. Like, I didn't think it was terrible. Um, maybe it's because I'm a huge Daenerys Targaryen fan, so I love Amelia Clark. Do you think that it was so poorly received because Rogue One was so well received? I just think it was a different style. Like, I didn't think it was bad. I mean, the guy that played Vision, he was, like, the bad guy. I thought that was kind of ridiculous. <laughs> but I, like... I think people... Yeah, Rogue One was so good. Like, it brought back that old feeling of Star Wars. It's hard for me to place it, because then in the very end, like, I really wanted to see where they were going to take that with Darth Maul. Yeah. It made me... Like, I was getting really excited. But at the same time, then, you know, that scene really didn't make a whole lot of sense either, you know? Yeah. So I just didn't... I kind of look at Solo almost as, like, its own own thing. I mean, it was, pretty much. Yeah. Right? There wasn't anything that really led into it, so... No, I, I think that's great, and I think that's a good place to kind of wrap up our, our second segment here. And yeah. You know, like like always, we ask you guys for your opinions, like, comment, share, subscribe. Uh, we want to interact. We want to hear what you have to say because, you know, these are some controversial topics, especially when you get, like, you know, the really diehards who have strong beliefs on where certain movies fall, you know, in these universes. So, uh, you know, thank you for tuning in today. You know, this has uh, been our so this is the second part of our pilot episode for uh, yeah. Back to Fantasy with Chase and Josh. So. Part two. Um, we got a lot of really cool stuff coming up this season. Yes. You know, we're going to... Go all into Harry Potter. We're Harry Potter fanatics. We got, you know, Game, Game of Thrones. We're going to dive into all you yeah. Game of Thrones fans out there. Um, I mean, as the Witcher goes on, we're going to get in The Witcher. Yeah. yeah, you know, I binged it. Like, I knocked <laughs> it out already. So, I mean, we got a lot of really cool stuff going up, coming down the season. We're even going to break down things like looking at topics like um, big box office franchises that were supposed to be big and that had marketing failure and that were some of the biggest flops like green lantern that was supposed to be one of the biggest franchises 
ever. And then now, you know, you got Deadpool that jumped into the MCU, so sorry, Green Lantern. Yeah. Which, yeah, like Marvel versus DC, we'll probably get into that sometime. There's a whole, like, a whole... There's so much material we have here. Um, I'm super excited to share it, too. Yeah, but that's up to you. So if you want to keep us going, definitely leave your comments. Um, we definitely want to read them, and we're definitely going to be having those, um, you know, those topics uh, air here, and we'll have guest stars, that sort of thing. But so uh, ne- next yep. week, we're going to jump into the, the final Star Wars. We're going to dissect that movie by itself. If you haven't seen it, go see it. At that point, it will have been about... You know, close to a month exactly. So, you know, now we're past the holidays. There's no excuse not to see it. So finish that up. We've got a lot of topics we're going to cover throughout the year. Uh, books, movies, TV shows. It's going to be a lot of fun, and, and we're happy to be here with you. I'm Chase. This is Josh. Back to Fantasy. Signing off. Mm-hmm.